Hey, welcome to this week's The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. This is your host, Kevin Riles. Live from my car on the way to show a apartment complex. A little bit different this week. The subject today is how do you evaluate an out-of-town opportunity? So, DJ, hit that music, please. Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network. Presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place. Welcome to the Real Estate of Life. Live from my car on the way to out of town to show a apartment complex. A little bit different this week. Um, wasn't able to meet with Mr. Producer. Want to remain consistent on the podcast. So I thought I'd tape it on the way there. And the subject today is how do you evaluate an out-of-town opportunity? I get a lot of calls over the years. I've gotten a lot of calls over the years about, hey, I've noticed there's an apartment complex or a commercial property in X city that's not even close to um, you. And I'm thinking about it. It looks like a good deal or I want to try to evaluate. So what are some of the things you need to evaluate properties that are uh, not close to you? Uh, I'm actually headed to a 60 unit apartment complex in Sealy, Texas, which is uh, outside of Houston, uh, and uh, to show it to a potential buyer. And um, I started thinking about, it. I've never done a podcast on what it takes to uh, do um, and think about and what you consider when you're looking at a um, uh, a uh, out-of-town investment. So excuse the camera. It's on my kind of mobile thing. It might be bouncing a little bit. Mr. Producer probably not going to like that when he edits, but, um, you know, uh, hopefully you're getting the, the, the audio. So uh, first thing that you need to consider when you're evaluating an investment that is not in your city or out of town uh, is... Uh, do you really want to do it? And what I mean by that is um, you must, which will be thing number two, uh, have a, a team in place. So do if you're going to self-manage a property, uh, if you're going to self-manage a property, um, do you really want to do that and you're not close to the property? Because realize that every time something breaks or every time something happens, there's some level of expectation from your tenants uh, that you or someone will be available. Uh, and if you're going to try to self-manage, which I don't recommend, uh, I think it's important uh, that you look at um, your motivation. Is it that good a deal where you want to uh, you know, have to jump on the road and drive an hour or 45 minutes or three hours or wherever the case may be uh, to do that? So, you know, you really need to determine, is it worth it uh, and do you really want to do it? Uh, I would say number two, number two is... Um, if you're going to do it, you need to have a, a local team or a local contact. Uh, and that's in property management, uh, that's in uh, handyman services slash vendors, uh, and that's sometimes even in tenants. I have some clients that own property uh, out of town and even out of state. And uh, they have one of the tenants that's kind of their eyes on the ground. And uh, they give them a rental credit or some type of discount on their rent uh, so that they're able to, um, 
you know, be their eyes on the ground and, and collect monies and, and tell them what's going on. And so uh, I think that's uh, just as important is uh, that you must assemble a team. And so what does that team look like? Um, I would tell you, you need to identify and interview property management companies, ask for referrals, ask them how they property manage, what are their processes. Uh, I would literally interview property management companies like you're interviewing uh, someone literally for a, uh, to take care of your most precious asset. Uh, uh, I would ask for each property management company to provide some other customers so that you can talk to them uh, because again, they are going to be you in that particular uh, property. So uh, I would do that. If you're not going to use a formal property management company, then I would interview a person or persons uh, that could be your property manager individually. Uh, and maybe give them some type of rental credit uh, or let them stay you know, inexpensively or free uh, to do that uh, and uh, see if they have some extra skills. I had one client many years ago that was able to find a person that was his property manager and his handyman and that worked out really well because he had kind of basic handyman skills and, and if there was something much larger uh, then of course that he would call um, you know, uh, a, a company, a plumber, HVAC, or, or things of that nature. So there are people out there that would love an opportunity to stay inexpensively and use their skills uh, to do those things. And so uh, you need uh, that as well. Another idea uh, is, uh, you know, contracting with law enforcement and uh, having them stay in a unit uh, and giving them some type of 50% discount. Just the presence of a, a law enforcement car at a um, unit, and I'm, I'm talking BNC class, uh, even A class, uh, you know, helps prevent a whole lot of drama uh, as well. So, um, you know, getting that property management part is is is, is key. Uh, and then I would tell you that if you're going to purchase something in, a, in another city, maybe trying to find a local bank uh, there that uh, would be that's familiar with the properties, familiar with the area, hopefully does some old school underwriting and, and you know, it's, it's not a computer, it's, it's an actual person and they look at your profile. I think that's uh, hugely, hugely uh, important. Um, the other thing uh, that I would tell you as far as investing in out of town uh, properties uh, is do research on the actual city uh, that um, the property is in. What's going on economically? Um, you know, what, what's their industry, if they have an industry, or where do most of the people work? Uh, if you can find out what are the, the occupations of most of the tenants, um, things like that make a huge difference. If you're investing in a property uh, that, uh, in a city that has one industry, and that one industry is, is doing well now, but, you know, can struggle or is about to start struggling. So, so for instance, I just went to an economic forum yesterday and um, the economists talked about in the greater Houston area that um, the, there was gonna be a, con a contraction of oil and gas. In fact, oil and gas nationwide was gonna contract over the next year and a half. So let's say you decided to invest in, a, in an area where there's an oil and gas, a plastics plant, then that would have possibly an effect on your uh, rental. And so that's something that you need to be considerate of uh, as far as uh, um, the economy for that local 
local uh, areas. In commercial real estate, we talk about investing in tertiary markets, tertiary meaning outside uh, and away. And so you still need to do the same level of, of, uh, of research on those markets because those markets are highly dependent on very specific uh, items. And so uh, just wanted to give you a quick uh, podcast on things you consider when investing in uh, outside, mar investing in commercial real estate and outside markets. Uh, probably will pick this up with a couple of investors that have done that uh, at some point in time uh, this year, but just wanted to give you a little bit of a primer. So this is uh, Kevin Riles driving, first time doing the podcast uh, while I'm driving. Mr. Producer's not going to like all this camera shaking, but it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm giving the people what they want. I'll see you guys next week. Hey, thanks for listening as always. Do you have questions about any of the topics I'm talking about? If you have questions, let me know. Email me at kevin at kevinriles.com. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com. I'm going to do a podcast just on the questions uh, that you guys are sending me. So feel free to send them to me. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com.